It's Wednesday the 13th of November and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, it's just one month until Britain votes in what could be one of the most consequential elections in a generation. But will anything quell the anger that's fueled the rise of Brexit? Our electoral system is such that UKIP and now the Brexit party, it's very difficult for them to win seats in the House of Commons to make it genuinely representative. Plus, Disney's long-awaited streaming service goes live in the United States. A familiar festive favourite returns to the airwaves in Canada. And our Hong Kong Bureau reflects on a dangerous rise in anger in the city. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. The leader of the Brexit party here in Britain, Nigel Farage, has shocked candidates ahead of the upcoming election by announcing that his party will not stand in any of the seats won by the Conservative Party in 2017. The decision may give Prime Minister Boris Johnson some relief. But as the journalist Mary Dejewski explains, the political anger that fueled the rise of the Brexit party and its leader, Nigel Farage, may be much harder to quell. I've always been in favour of Nigel Farage being given a peerage um, because it seemed to me that if that had happened in 2016 when it was first mooted, um, actually we might not be here today. He has probably single-handedly done the most to change the face of British politics and even the course of the United Kingdom um, when he set up the, the, the UKIP party and campaigned so forcefully um, for the UK to leave the European Union. And I think that his the problem for him, in a way, and for the whole country, was that our electoral system is such that UKIP and now the Brexit party, it's very difficult for them to win seats in the House of Commons, to make it genuinely representative. And so they were carving out a slice of the electorate without having any reward for it. There has to be a place for this strand of opinion somewhere in British politics. And I think for Farage to to be given a peerage, that might be the place for it to be. Disney's new streaming service is now officially live in the United States. Monocle's culture correspondent Fernando Augusto Pacheco is here. Faye, uh, Disney Plus, it's $6.99. Netflix is $8.99. Uh, that's a pretty good price advantage. They will need more than a cost advantage, however, to lure people away from their streaming habits, won't they? Well, absolutely. I mean, let's remember Netflix, they have so much content uh, in there, their own series as well, and they have uh, films from other, uh, from, from other channels. Uh, but I I think Disney, you know, I, f- I think it's a good start for Disney. Remember, Ben, 2019 was such an interesting year for Disney. There were so many big releases. Uh, of course, we had the Avengers, we have, you know, Dumbo, the latest Maleficent. Uh, so I think they did that knowing that they can use those films on the Disney Plus as soon as possible. Uh, so there's quite a lot of material there. And of course, they're removing some of the content from, from Netflix, which I think is a wise, uh, wise move, in my opinion. Disney owns so much content, they're going into this brave new streaming world with a ready-made slate of products that everyone is uh, familiar with. That puts them at quite an advantage, not only above Netflix, whose whole advantage is really based upon having this ecosystem.
ecosystem that they've built up over many, many years. But also Apple. It really is an interesting comparison, isn't it? Absolutely. And let's remember, Apple TV, even though they have big names on it, you know, have Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg, and they did release, uh, you know, The Morning Show, one of the most expected series from them with Jennifer Aniston. But the thing is, Ben, from what I've noticed as well, uh, there's been quite a lot of mixed reviews from the Apple TV shows, including The Morning Show and C, the latest Jason Momoa kind of Game of Thrones-esque. Apparently the public liked it more than the critics, but I think it's still quite bad when the critics don't like it. You know, it doesn't show a good image. So I think, you know, and, and again, Apple has a competitive price, same as Disney. It's going to be such a, an interesting situation but we have here you know five big streamers now or so and they're competing with price i think also netflix uh you know might have a, a little bit of a hard time uh, we here in the uk won't get a look at disney plus until march 2020 even australia gets it before us uh, it arrives there in november apparently that's due to some licensing issues between disney and sky we also live in the in a country where you need to pay for a tv license so even if you want to watch what is still uh, paradoxically called free to air television you still need to be forking out 154 pounds 50 for a year who is going to be worried here netflix or the bbc and the traditional television that's a very interesting question i mean but let's remember here in the UK, you're almost kind of obliged to pay uh, for the BBC. I think it's quite rare if somebody kind of refuses to do it. But yeah, I mean, with availability of streamers, uh, you know, like Netflix in the upcoming uh, Disney Plus as well, I think some people might change their mind. And I think there'll be you know, there'll be restrictions on the BBC budget, which I personally find it a shame because I think I do like the BBC shows and I, and I kind of like this kind of public TV style they have here uh, in the UK. But things will change and they're changing fast. When I saw my mother, she knew about all the streaming services. and I was like, oh my God, you're faster than me. You can see how things are changing very fast in the world of television. Fernando's mother, the absolute barometer on what's happening in the streaming market. Uh, Fernando Augusto Pacheco, thank you. To Canada now, where a familiar festive favourite is back on the airwaves, despite last year's controversy. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside is returning to some Canadian airwaves this week. Written in 1944 by Frank Lesser, the holiday standard was originally performed as a duet by Lesser and his wife for their guests at their own private parties. During the duet, a man serves a woman alcohol while dissuading her from leaving his home on a winter's night. The song started attracting controversy in 2007 after the satirical website Funny or Die released a video that parodied some of the lyrics. As objections grew in number, it was eventually axed by Canadian broadcasters last year in the wake of the Me Too movement. While CBC quickly backtracked on the move, Media giant Bell says the holiday tune will return to its rotation this season, only after heeding listener feedback. That seems a sensible approach. If anything, the song's content could represent the repression of the era and may serve as an important learning opportunity. Banishing the song from airwaves, on the other hand, likely won't achieve much. Baby, it's cold, cold outside. And finally today, Monocle's Hong Kong bureau team reflects on a dangerous spike in anger as protests continue to grip the city. Charles is angry. This tear-stricken first aid volunteer says he's angry that so much blood has been shed. 
He stood on a platform at Tamar Park, metres from Hong Kong's parliament, and spoke to over 100,000 people at one of the first public events approved by the police in weeks. Why do we only gather for peaceful demonstrations when someone dies, he asked. Saturday's vigil was an occasion to mourn the injured and lives lost over five months of citywide protests. More recently, the death of 22-year-old student Alex Chow, who passed away from cardiac arrest after falling from the third floor of a car park near a police clearance. Though Charles's remarks may seem insensitive to those enduring 26 consecutive weeks of frontline battles, the quiver in his voice speaks to a population of Hong Kongers who passionately believe in the cause that ignited what was once an incredibly peaceful and powerful moment. A dangerous strategy has been put to the test with protests bleeding into the work week, challenging the limits of how far the police will push back. As people woke up this week, anticipating business as normal conditions on the streets, violence erupted at universities across the city and in areas populated with white-collar workers out for lunch. More people have been shot. One man was set in flames. With backing from Xi Jinping, Hong Kong's chief executive Carrie Lam has reinforced that no amount of disruption can influence the government to yield to pressure. But it's inevitable that more aggression towards the police will only result in the decision to cancel upcoming local district council elections, the only remaining hope for Hong Kongers to freely express how they feel at the ballot box. Perhaps Charles's teary-eyed appeal should be heeded. A view there from our Hong Kong Bureau. That's all in today's programme. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Thursday. Thursday.